I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blimke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. By the way, we now have a merchandise shop on the website. So if you want your podcast swag, and you know you do, go to our website and click on the store tab. Linda Wertheimer is a former education editor of the Boston Globe and a reporter at the Dallas Morning News and Orlando Sentinel. She recently published a book called Faith Ed, Teaching About Religion in an Age of Intolerance. And so I really want to talk about what that book is and and what exactly that means. So, uh, Linda, thanks for joining us. And let me just start off by saying, you know, religion is in the news so frequently now, and young people, I would assume, are just exposed to it all the time. What do they know about religion? Do they know more or less than, you know, a generation ago? So, I I think it's a little hard to know whether they know more or less than a generation ago. I think they're poised to learn more than previous generations. Let me put it that way. I mean, if if what I'm seeing continues, you know, where the kids are learning about the world's religions as part of social studies and geography, and the teachers are doing a good job, then they, then they should leave high school knowing more about religion than previous generations. And the state standards really went into this in about, I'd say, the late 1990s to 2000. So we should just start seeing the results now. I mean, studies right now show that Americans in general don't know much about the world's religions. And I think if you went and asked a miscellaneous kid on the street what they know, they may not know that much. But I I feel like, you know, the pendulum is going in the right direction. So who is it that's—so your argument is that uh, we should be learning more about religion in schools objectively, not necessarily going to, like, Christian classes, but learning about religions in general. Who is somebody— blocking this, or are there logistics involved that are making it more difficult? So what I'm saying is, yeah, I think we could do more than we're doing now. Um, What's happening right now, so the the general practice is most states require studying about the world's religions a little bit in middle and high school. Mm -hmm. If they're doing it before then, it's unusual. There are some school districts that I found that do teach a little bit about the world's religions in elementary schools. So one of the things I'm advocating is I think we should start younger, partly because the bullying and teasing about religion starts very young. But also, I mean, why shouldn't an elementary kid know what an atheist is as well as a Jew and a Christian and a Hindu and a Muslim? You know, why, why shouldn't they be aware of that as sort of part of being a literate citizen? Mm-hmm religiously literate citizen in terms of who's blocking it so so there's what i found is there are a number of controversies happening around the country in regards to teaching about religion it's primarily happening over islam Mm -hmm. and a lot of that has been happening yeah what's going on here because it seems like of all the issues kids could be learning uh knowing the basics about islam just this is what muslims believe this is kind of what yes. Islam is. That seems like pretty basic, you should know this sort of information. Who would be against that? Excellent question. Um, <laughs> and I ran into, I, there was opposite, in almost every chapter of my book, I think except one or every case in my book where there was a controversy, 
it was over a lesson on Islam. And what I found was the opposition was coming from a couple different quarters. One were people who you probably describe as Christian conservatives mm -hmm. and who were still upset that the courts in the 1950s said, no, you cannot lead kids in prayer in the schools and you can't recite Bible verses. So they're still... They, they're still under the impression, or they still say things like, you kick Christianity out of the school, but you're teaching about Islam. They won't even listen to the argument that, well, yeah, they're teaching about Islam, Judaism, Christianity, sometimes Hinduism, and other religions so, as part of a curriculum, but they don't hear that. They they hear the word Islam. There's sort of this freak out that, oh, my goodness, they're indoctrinating the kids. Um, this is dangerous. So that's and an so argument have, from ignorance that they genuinely think their beliefs are being kept out, but Islam is being pushed in. Do they really not see the difference between like, right. hey, pray to this God and hey, this is what other people believe? Like, is that just seems like such an easy <laughs> thing to, ex Ugh, I don't know, people are <laughs> frustrating. It, it, it would, um, but they don't see it that way. I mean, they will say, well, they pray to Allah and Allah's not Jesus, or all of a different God, and they don't seem to, they either don't understand or don't want to understand that Allah is simply the Arabic word for God. Um, you see some of this playing out at Wheaton College right now, where there's a disagreement with a professor who said, well, you know, we, we essentially pray to the same God, and she got beaten up, not beaten up, but she got heavily criticized, and said, no, you can't say that, that goes against what the evangelical Christians believe. Right, and as we're um, taping this right now, I believe she was just fired from her position for yeah. saying, yeah, Muslims, Christians, we believe in the same God. Was that around here? That was around yeah, here. Was and, Maiden, right? and yeah, they were... I mean, but that's not even the sort of the theological discussion that we're talking about at the high school or elementary level. Right. We're just no, saying... They, they don't... <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, you know, what, what they're going to say is that in Islam... And Judaism and Christianity, what they share, you know, they all believe in Abraham. You know, they, they, they're all monotheistic religions. And they'll, and they'll talk about some of the things that are the same. And then they'll talk about what's different. You know, like Muslims would say Muhammad is our messenger. Mm -hmm. And 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 Christians believe in Jesus. And, and Jews don't believe in either of those. <laughs> and and they would, you know, they, but they're very, very simple. Um, one other thing I would add, so, so you have the Christian conservatives who have been protesting these lessons on Islam. Add to that another layer, though, there have been groups who are anti-Muslim groups who may or may not be Christian, um, who may be Jewish, conservative Jews. Um, like Pamela Geller is a very high-profile anti-Muslim activist. And she's, and she's mad because out. why? Or why would groups Excuse like me. hers be mad about teaching about Islam? Well, because she's worried that they're whitewashing it you know that's another concern that comes so you have some who are just like don't teach about islam at all and we should be teaching about christianity you have others who are like how can you teach about islam in a way where you're not making it seem like it's a peaceful religion rather than a quote-unquote evil religion and they will say that is and there any argument coming in? Is there anyone making the argument that if you teach about Islam or Hinduism or any other faith, kids will start believing it? So as a parent who, I don't know, wants to, you know, teach my kid in the Christian faith, wants to have them grow up in that, I don't want them learning about another religion because they may follow that religion. Well, I don't want my kids to be Nazis, oh, but sure. I'm still going to teach them who Hitler is. <laughs> right. Like that's, ugh, that's But is that an argument anyone's making? Yes. 
I mean, I, you, mean a, you mean a valid argument or is it an argument? That <laughs> yeah, well, none of these it's, seem it's like valid arguments, but yeah. Um, Jessica, I'm really having problems hearing you, by the way. You're not coming out clearly to me. That's weird because um, I'm yelling a lot. <laughs> It's no, probably good for everybody. Yeah. Um, but is anyone making that argument at, at all, which is to say, yeah, I don't want them learning about another religion because there's a chance my child may follow that other religion. Yes. There have been parents who have made that argument. Like in Texas, this mother essentially pulled her kid out of the school. Just so. She felt- well, you said Texas, so you had me there. <laughs> um, but not just Texas. I mean, I, I, you know, I heard this from some parents in Texas and Kansas, um, in Florida. Yeah. I would say in Wellesley, where there was a controversy over a field trip, I didn't hear that so much. Wellesley, Massachusetts, there I heard the protest was more over what, how they were teaching about it. They took the kids on a field trip to a mosque, and a mistake did occur where some of the boys participated in the worship which is really a no-no on a public school field trip. You right. didn't do that. And so uh, this group that opposed the mosque and was uncomfortable with kids going there put out a video that said, Wellesley, Massachusetts students learned to pray to Allah. Oh, um, aye, which aye, aye. really wasn't the intent of the trip, but there was a mistake made. And they were right in that, yeah, the kids should not have participated in prayer. Right. They were wrong in implying that the school district was somehow promoting this so let's assume okay they they did the wrong thing there it Mm -hmm. they they didn't catch that but like let's assume for a second the school is doing everything right they are teaching islam and any other religion objectively these are the basics how do the school districts respond to these parents who get upset because they can't really just say no you're an idiot that's not what's going on here so what's the response from the administrators so and if it's been a bit, it, it, the responses vary. I mean, I think the good news is they keep teaching the same. You know, they stick to the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like something like a field trip controversy, where the district said, "Yeah, we did make a mistake," they were more careful the next time, and they chose not to return to a mosque where there was active worship on the next field trip. Um, but. They continued teaching about the world's religions. They continued teaching about Islam. Some of them are very proactive in getting the word out to parents. You know, we do this. We go on field trips. Here's why. We think it's important. This is how you become a literate citizen in our society. Uh, Let me think about in Texas, too. You know, there's a small town in Texas controversy there. The superintendent said, this is important for our kids to learn about the world. So they kept teaching about it. They... In some cases, they don't encourage it. In some cases, they've let a parent excuse their child from a le- particular lesson they didn't want to sit in, and the kid would sit outside in the hall and do some, some other exercise. But in most cases, they continue teaching the course, and they move on. And eventually, the controversy dies down, and off they go. What I think is kind of an interesting question is, is it possible for to trust every school to teach religion objectively as opposed to like from a christian standpoint this is what we believe but this is what those other brown people believe and that's weird like do you think we can trust teachers in general to be objective if they themselves may subscribe to one religion or another so i love that question and it's one i tackle in the book can you trust every teacher no i mean there are some but i think 
I think the I think it's more gray than a black and white issue. Mm-hmm. I think what you'll find is there there could be like a very religious Christian teacher who truly believes that Allah is a different God, and she will carry that belief with her as she's teaching. What you don't know is will she express that to the students or not? I didn't see it mm-hmm. in some of the classes that I watched, but I heard the teachers would tell me that they actually believe Allah is a different God. So you have to wonder, does that color the way they teach? I, I, I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think one way it would help is if, you know, teachers get some trained to kind of confront their own stereotypes. I mean, mm-hmm. The majority of teachers in this country are going to reflect the demographics of America. They're going to be Christian, most of them. Right. Now, I happen to see Jewish teachers, atheist teachers, teachers who ascribe to no, you know, I, mm-hmm. an assortment, but I also interviewed a number of evangelical Christian teachers who are teaching about the world's religion, and a lot of them are doing it in a fairly objective way. I'm more worried about a teacher who puts a sign above her classroom that says she gets all her strength from Christ yeah. than I am about a teacher trying, you know, promoting Christi- Christianity. I mean, I think the bigger problem would be a teacher who's like pushing Christianity in the classroom and doing prayers with the kids. Oh, I, I do see. think you do need to, I do think we do need to look at, teachers confronting their own personal beliefs and how do they put that aside when they're teaching about religion. Mm -hmm. And I did talk to the teachers about that, and a lot of them think a lot about it. Some of them will not reveal their religion at all to the kids. Others will. And at least talking to some of the legal groups, church-state separation groups, they certainly seem to have a lot more problems with teachers with things like the signs, the Bible verses in the classroom, the very explicit proselytizing as opposed to teaching about religion that's actually not usually one of the things they tackle interesting well and and if you look at all these disputes over these world religion classes it's never over a teacher proselytizing Mm -hmm. it it, it's it's they're teaching about islam and tends to be they're indoctrinating quote unquote they're indoctrinating them in islam but then when you look at what's happening it's a christian teacher teaching a world religions course teaching about islam yeah, it's not like a Muslim teacher proselytizing in the classroom, right. and that's the issue here. Exactly. Let yeah. me ask you, when it, comes to, when it comes to teaching about religion in the classroom, uh, obviously I'm biased here, but do kids ever learn, even in a good, objective class, do they learn about atheism or humanism in the United States? So it depends on the class. In Modesto, where they have a required world religions course for every high school freshman, they do include a short segment on atheism. They define atheism agnosticism. I'm not I'm trying to remember. I think they did mention the phrase secular humanism. They don't go into great detail, but they do teach about it. I would say in the majority of cases, not a lot, because a lot of times the instruction about world religions is coming as part of a world history class or part of world geography. Where it's been kind of dictated by various religious groups. Where, where, like, if you're studying China, what are you going to look at? Well, you you might talk about it, like in France, you might talk about how it's more of a secular state or, you know, a secular country. Um, So, you know, and they do talk about it, but could they do more? Yes. 
but I also feel like they could do more with, you know, they kind of got to get to the basics of all religions right. too. So yeah. it's, I'm I'm curious what they have to say about atheism or humanism. Did do they talk about how it's uh, it comes out of a kind of a conservative country where it's a little more liberal, or what? What do they say about it? Do they identify all that major stuff we taught you and, about religion? It, forget about it. it. And there's atheism. <laughs> <laughs> end end of class. Here's a test. Well, I mean, what though? So what I heard was very general. It's like you know, there are also people who don't ascribe to any particular religion, or you know, they. They don't identify them. They don't affiliate with the religion. And here's what an atheist is. Here's what here's what an agnostic is. It's very simple. Um, in Modesto, she did talk about Jessica Alquist, who had protested. It was it was like a prayer banner or like a prayer that was yeah, a mural. Affixed, yeah, a mural in the gym in Rhode Island. And they actually showed a news clip about that cool. whole story. And so the kids did learn a lot sort That's of really about cool. what she was about. And, they, and they, so not everything was about a religion. That was more about separation of church and state. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's interesting to, to hear that brought up even as a concept to discuss. Let me ask you, if you had a chance to kind of write these curricula uh, dictate, you know, here are the, the few things that I wish every kid in the country would learn about the different religions by the time they graduate, that maybe it's not obvious to them. What sort of things do kids need to learn that you just, you look around and you're like, they never learned this in school, even in good curricula, even in good classes where this is taught well, they're, they don't know this coming out of it. What is it that they don't know? So, I think the kids don't, for the most part, don't come away with a good sense of the diversity within each religion. I think mm-hmm. they're getting a very narrow view of each religion. So there's only like one right. type of Islam, one type yeah. of Christianity? Right. I mean, I mean, they'll learn about Sunni and Shiite, uh, but I think they'll still probably come away with the impression that most Muslim women or all Muslim women wear hijab when uh-huh. there's a huge diversity <clears throat> within Islam. And and I think like some of the textbooks tend to emphasize the more orthodox practices of religion. So if they're learning about Judaism and they're looking at a textbook, they're going to see pictures of women with their heads covered, men with yarmulkes and beards and earlocks in some cases, and that may be their picture of the Jew. So I, I think what I would like to see, you know, in the best case scenario, and I've seen some of these best case scenarios where they emphasize not just the history of religion, but what it looks like today. What does contemporary religion look like? Mm. You know, and the fact that there's a lot of diversity within each religion. It's not enough just to know the basic differences between the religions, which I think a lot of them get, and some of the absolute basics on the religions. I think they also need to learn some of the diversity within the religions. And then another thing, and I do see some, some districts do this, I think it's also important to teach the kids about the First Amendment. Mm. And they may get that in the government class, but I think if you're teaching in a religion class, teaching about the separation of church and state, teaching them why you actually can teach them about religion in the public school, but you can't preach. And I think it's important for the kids to learn that too. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. I mean, part of it, so a lot of the school districts try to do things where they bring in guest speakers, and I talk about in the story, because they want to show a human face. And I won't say whether I think they should do guest speakers, but I think they need to give the kids a sense of, of not just 
here's what they believe, but what are the practices and and what are Jews like in the U.S. today? What are Muslims like? What are Christians like? What are atheists? You know, a little contemporary so that they don't see us as the other. Yeah. Yeah. And to really go deeper than just what you see in the textbooks, because a lot of the textbooks in a way make us make Jews and Muslims and Hindus and others other minority religions seem more like the other mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's such the ancient look. What do you think about the idea of teaching the Bible as like a piece of literature? Not that it's true or not that it was necessarily inspired by God, but just this is an important piece of literature for our culture. Is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, I think it's fine to have courses in the Bible as history and literature if they're taught well, and there's an even bigger problem with these Bible courses than there has been with the World Religions courses. There's been studies done in Texas in particular, and what they found is that all too often the teachers who are teaching them aren't trained and tend to proselytize, and that they're using curriculum that may be provided from a very religious Christian organization with a particular bent. So I don't think it's a bad idea. I know Steve Prothero has written books where he's, you know, religious literacy and we should have a Bible course in every high school. And I, and I remember very that... recently in Oklahoma, I think the Hobby Lobby family advocated for a, a Bible as literature course. But when you look at the right. curriculum, right. Uh, it was leaning into, let's just assume some of these stories are true. Right. And that's why yeah, it was a problem. I mean, it's a tough needle to thread. Exactly. Because uh, I was a I was a literature major and I went into classes and I I'm from a secular family and so I didn't read the Bible I wasn't terribly familiar with like anything beyond like you weren't catching references right to the Bible exactly in and places. I kind of felt a little left behind that said I'm not sure that everybody in my school needed to study it I don't know it's tough yeah. let me take well, a... I, so I think I think it's important that kids do learn like what an eye, where an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth comes from. You know, mm-hmm, they know about rule. the golden rule and things like that. I think those are important things to learn so that you understand those references in literature. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they should be, but it should be taught in a course that's not preaching. Sure. And I think you can learn those terms without, without it being preached. And I think there are some teachers doing that. I mean, it would be nice if that happened, because if you don't do it in high school, I mean, in college, you're probably not going to get this overview course unless you're majoring in something like that. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. uh, One question I do have. Biblical literacy is a big problem, too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because like Jessica's saying, if you don't understand certain references, it's kind of hard to keep up with certain conversations. You're missing some big cultural, you know, milestones. That's the wrong word. But that. Uh, most people touchstones touchstones that most people get and if you're not part of that like yeah you're just kind of out of the loop then yeah um let me ask you let me take a worst case scenario situation here for a second if kids don't learn this stuff if they don't learn it well they they grow up in whatever religious faith they grow up in and then they graduate they don't really know it what happens what's the problem that you're trying to prevent well there's actually two there are two problems i'm trying to prevent one is ignorance, and the other is intolerance. And I think if they never learn about the other religions, particularly if they're in the majority religion, or even if they're not, you know, they're going to look at people of other religions with more suspicion. 
they might look upon them more as the other. I think you end up in a situation like we're in right now in this country. There, there is a lot of intolerance of Muslims, of Jews, of, uh, and of course of atheists as well. Well, sure. Um, but a lot of, but a lot of it, in particular, when you're talking about the reaction towards Muslims, Jews, Sikhs, Hindus, it comes from ignorance because we're looked upon as foreign or different. We don't believe, you know, that we don't believe the same thing or that we're just from another planet. And if they had at least had some of this basic instruction in high school. They get a little bit more of a sense that there are similarities in all of these religions. There are, there are huge differences, too. Is but there a way? A, I, think it, I think it creates more understanding. Is there a way, if kids don't get this education in high school or middle school or elementary school, because right now, like you said, we see a lot of politicians really playing up that right. uh, the otherness of minority religions. How do you fix yeah. that? Is there a way to fix that, like, now? Because obviously politicians, we see Trump doing it, like they're manipulating adults. Like, is there a well, way to fix, fix that? the adults? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's harder, it's harder to fix the adults. I mean, our best hope is to work on the future generation, though I'm not giving up on the adults. Um, <laughs> what I would say is about the kids, I mean, the good news is most states, and I said this earlier, most states actually require schools to, or actually require teachers to teach about the religions in middle school and high school social studies. I think what we need to do to improve what they're doing is renew dialogue on the best way to teach about this, how much should you be teaching about it. You know, I'll find examples of AP World History where they maybe talk about religion for two or three days of the semester. That's not enough. You're not going to get much that way. But other school districts may spend half a year, like the sixth grade class in Wellesley that I wrote about, spends from January to June, four weeks on each religion, those kids come away with something. Yeah, and then, they're, and then they're picking up some class, stuff. They get more later. So I, I think look at the best practices and try and adopt those in other districts. I mean, right now we're, we're almost having, we're not even almost having, we're having a culture war again over mm-hmm. this stuff. <laughs> Do you find that atheists, just because that's our listening audience for the most part, uh, <laughs> Do they know more or less than people who grow up in religious traditions? Ooh, good question. So there is, have you, I'm assuming you might be familiar with the Pew Research Center. And yeah. They have done studies on this. And what they found was Jews, Mormons, and atheists actually did the best. On did you say Mormons? Religion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Mormons yeah. are good I mean, at this stuff. I would say the, really? study, yeah. the studies, I mean, I can't say that's something I found anecdotally because, I mean, I certainly talked to some kids who consider themselves atheists, but they still didn't know that much at age 11 or 12. They didn't necessarily know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe that shows up later. You know, someone's maybe really made a choice, <clears throat> and maybe they've made that choice because they kind of looked at, well, what is religion, and is this something right. I want? Anecdotally, I, I mean, that's what I found, at least anecdotally, which is that, yeah, for atheists who grew up in one religion and then left it, you kind of have a good reason for why you left that religion and why you didn't have to search for a different religion. Because mm-hmm. you kind of have reasons that, oh, I get why I don't believe in any of this stuff. So I'm not surprised, but I'm biased, as to why <laughs> yeah. atheists know a lot of this stuff. And I'm really curious, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, because there are so many more young atheists who are growing up in families where they're not raised with any religion in particular, I wonder if they will actually have that same kind of broad religious knowledge 
because they never had a reason to learn about it. Like, as opposed to a lot of older atheists who came away from those religions. Well, they they might, but what I would say is, you know, interestingly, in talking to some of the kids who were atheists, um, I remember one saying, I am, like, so interested in this because I don't have any religion at home. And so... So this is all brand new for them, and they're fascinated. Right. He said he wanted to know. And he said he, he just found it interesting. And sometimes you will find a very religious kid who doesn't want anything to do with it or their parents don't want them to have anything to do with it out of fear that it might change their mind. Do you, so think, do you think you had that same experience? Because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you were raised in a Jewish family yourself. Do you think you're uh, coming into this subject? Uh, how were you affected by coming from a non-Christian family? Well, and let me just add to that. I grew up in a Jewish family that was very non-religious. Okay. With a parent who probably considers himself agnostic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I sort of got into Judaism much later in life and wasn't that literate in my own religion until later in life. Um, So when you say, how did I come into this in terms of wanting to learn about other religions or... Yeah, I mean, when you were in school, did you learn about these other religions? Did you know stuff going into class or did you... When did you learn about stuff? No, no, no. Because I'm much... No, no, no. I'm much (laughs) older than the kids I'm writing about. And I went to school... I graduated from high school in the early 80s. They were not teaching about the world's religions then. Not in my school system and not in most school systems in the country. You were lucky if you had a teacher who was doing any of it. So I didn't get any instruction in school about it. I was in a fairly non-religious family. I did go to Sunday school by force until about 11 or 12. Join (laughs) the club. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then got permission to drop out. And I got much more interested later. Um, Part of the reason I wrote this book was because I was the only Jew in this small Ohio school system other than my brothers. And they had required weekly Christianity classes in my public school. And so every week this woman would come in and teach religious Christian class. (laughs) And it was like, you know, saying Jesus loves me. I did get excused. But then what happened is the kids noticed. They're like, well, why don't you go? And I'd say, I'm Jewish. And they'd say, well, what's that? And I would sort of explain so well you don't believe in Jesus you're going to hell and that always stuck with me and I write about this in the book it's like was this anti-semitism or was it ignorance what do you think now yeah what do you think oh I think that most of it was actually ignorance yeah they didn't really understand what a Jew was they couldn't really grasp the concept that I didn't believe what they did because they'd just never been exposed to the idea that people had that there were people with many different beliefs. They didn't really know that Judaism, that Christianity stemmed from Judaism. They didn't even really understand that because we had no instruction about this in school, and their parents weren't teaching them. Their church wasn't teaching them. Do you think school? Do you so think public school? That was a Sorry. I'm sorry? Do, you, do you think public school is the best place for kids to get this sort of education? Because I can at least understand an argument from a parent perspective that says, uh, I don't want the school teaching my kids about religion because I want to teach them about religion. Um, do you think the school is the best way to do it? Because I don't know, we can't trust that the parents are going to give I, them I an think objective. Mixing, 
I think you're mixing two things, right? Yeah. I mean, as a parent, I want to instill. I am. I am a parent. Mm-hmm. I have a you know, a child who's in second grade, and I feel like it's my role to instill values in him. And we have made the decision to raise him in our faith, and he goes to religious school, and he's learning very specific things about Judaism in this religious school. He's not learning that about Judaism, Christianity, and other religions in religious school. He he will actually when he's older because we actually have a comparative religions class at our Neat. at our cool. temple. Um, but you also know that about is it about a quarter now of Americans don't affiliate with any religion? Yeah, it's about thirty three percent if you're under the age of thirty. It's it's getting higher. Right, right. So. I don't think you can leave it up to the parents to teach kids about religion. I mean, they're not religion experts. Also, religion is part of history. Religion intersects with so much in society. Yeah. You can just wipe it out of the curriculum. You can't really teach about English without, in a sense, talking about the Puritans. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're te- teaching about the Scarlet Letter. So religion intersects in a lot of different subjects. You can't ignore it. I mean, I guess you could, but it's part of education. Uh, let me ask you one last question here. Uh, what has the reaction been to people who have read your book? Because it has gotten really good press. I mean, people are talking about these issues. They're talking about your book yes. in the context of these issues. What reaction and feedback are you getting from readers? So I tend to hear the most reaction when I give a talk. Um, it's interesting, you know, I've been a newspaper reporter for most of my career, and, and I'm used to getting emails in response to articles. You don't really get emails in response to a book. Um, <laughs> yeah. You hear from people. I tend to hear from people at talks and things. I mean, I'm getting generally a very positive response. Uh, one interesting response that I get almost every talk is people don't even realize it's legal to teach about religion in the public schools, and they're kind of shocked <laughs> that it's even happening. Where are they getting this so misinformation? That, I mean, I hear that a lot. They're just like, we assume... God is banned from public school. And it's like, that's not true at all. Where are they getting this from? Well, so this tends to be people who don't have kids in school who are saying that. (laughs) Or the kids haven't hit sixth grade yet or seventh grade. Um, But it meshes with a study that I said in the book that only 36% of the American public know that it's legal to offer a comparative religion course in school. Wow. (laughs) That's depressing. That's nuts. Right. So that's one reaction I'm getting. The other thing, um, to a lot of people, and I've talked to people at churches, I've talked to people at temples, I've talked to general audiences at bookstores, and talked at college, you know, a lot of different kinds of talks. And the other reaction I get is, it should be such an imperative that we're doing this now. Yeah. And well, that, that if there's any resistance at all, surprises some people. The uh, in terms of negative reaction, I've gotten some negative reaction, not so much at talks, but like, you know, you can see it in an occasional like comment on an article I did or something related to the book where people like, well, religion shouldn't be in the school at all, you know, or we shouldn't teach about Islam, you know, so I'll get And they're missing the whole point of everything. Right. (laughs) Right. But in general, I mean, I think the good news is that I gave a talk at, a fairly conservative Catholic church and 200 people came. Oh, cool. Yeah, and this was recently. And they were totally embracing this concept that we need to learn about each other. And that's like the only way, you know, we can become a better society. 
even if that was I mean, fascinating to me. One of the things that surprises me, even for the we mentioned like conservative Christians or people who are anti right. whatever religion who might be opposed to this, I would think even if you're super conservative Christian and you don't want your kids having anything to do with Islam, it seems like it would make the most sense to have your kid learn about the basics so they know what it is that they're opposing. Mm, I think you're giving people a lot of credit. Yeah, I, I yeah. probably am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay, so Linda, your book is called Faith Ed, Teaching About Religion in an Age of Intolerance, and I assume people can pick that up. I don't know, bookstores? Are there still a thing? I, I heard there's like a bookstore it's, it's sold anywhere books are sold. <laughs> Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your favorite indie. Thank you so much. We'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks, Linda. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at Patreon.com slash Hemant. That's He-Man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time.